Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. Our mission at New Hope is to engage our city with the love of Jesus, one relationship at a time. We pray this message encourages you in encountering God's love and displaying it to your city. We hope to see you soon. Hey, if you have your Bibles, we're in Psalms chapter 1. Um, I've kind of already preached the sermon, um, and so let me, it's, it's not a complicated truth, um, but I do want to draw our attention there and use that, and then we'll come to just some practical things and to the little craft that was handed to you when you came in uh, the door. But Psalm chapter 1, the main point of the text really is as simple as this, is that you are either walking as one who is blessed or you're walking as one who is perishing. And, and, and I, I hope that uh, we can see um, that those words are, are, are loaded and have a little bit more meaning than just our maybe immediate English thinking. Perishing, we just think as kind of a black and white, you, you know, life, death. Um, but it really is a way of life being referenced here. And so it's not just talking about the end moment. It's talking about the actual process uh, of your life. Yes, it does speak ultimately to that end moment, but it really is the opposite. Um, and the, the psalmist in the Hebrew language was very intentional to use words uh, that are uh, antithesis. Is that the right word? Antithesis of one another that are one blessed. And some translations do translate that happy or one who's truly happy, but it's not happy in the sense of you know, um, I had a good lunch and therefore I'm happy. Like it's not conditional on such simple things, but it's speaking to, uh, like the NLT translates it, oh, the joy. Like it's really speaking to and emphasizing it's the type and it's the place of being an abundance of joy uh, as opposed to perishing, which is despair, depression, and uh, a lot of other words that, that speak to the opposite of joy, but they're not in the most uh, humanistic senses of, you know, conditional on this world, but it leaves a condition on one thing of are you rooted in uh, relationship and walking in instruction of the Lord? I mentioned a little bit a moment ago that what the psalmist didn't know that we fully understand is John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So to walk in the instruction of the Lord here, yes, is pointing to Scripture, but we're not talking about this in a legalistic way. There are many who walk in the instruction of the Lord and are not living the blessed life that I believe the psalmist is referring to. And I think as we look at all of Scripture and bring that in, we recognize that this is ultimately pointing to a greater person, Jesus, that the blessed life is being rooted in Him. That's why He would say, literally in John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's Jesus is taking this psalm. I don't know that he necessarily had this psalm in mind, but he's at least taking the truths of this psalm and he's bringing them into communicating that this is fulfilled in him. That walking and that rootedness and the fruits that are referenced in Psalm 1, the abundance that comes out of that is all comes from abiding in Jesus. And so we can faithfully say that the blessed life comes from that abiding in Jesus and walking in the instruction of Jesus. The end goal of this psalm is not to go, all right, I'm going to memorize Scripture, become super legalistic, do everything right, and we're good to go. No, because our joy is ultimately in a person, and so walk it with Him in a, in a special way. So my desire for you this year, as we 
maybe start a one-year reading or a two-year reading plan as you jump back into maybe some type of reading plan, which we would encourage you to do that. I would always encourage you to do that. The goal is not just to accomplish it, but the goal is to meet with Jesus in an intimate way every single day. So the question I have for you is simply this, is are you or do you want to be one who is walking in blessedness or one who is walking in perishing? And we understand that ultimately all of us are walking in in the perished life until Jesus. And it's in Jesus that he transfers us into the blessed life. But once again, this psalm isn't just talking about a moment that is to come. A moment that is to come, whether we perish or not. It's talking about the life being lived now. And so, yes, we recognize in the forgiveness of sins, we are, we are brought from death to life. But the question really has to do with, are you walking in that life today? And what does it look like for you to walk in that blessed life in this next year? And the psalm gives us the simple answer of being rooted in Scripture. So that brings me to your craft project and uh, Pete, you might want to grab one of these uh, if you want. They're right out there. Oh, you got one. You got one. You're good. Okay. Um, so you could probably figure it out. You can fold it and make a cube. Now, please go ahead and do that. Um, I, because I have a mic in my hand, I'm going to go ahead and work with a pre-folded one. But you can fold it into a cube like this. Um, just um, somewhat common sense, hopefully. Just fold until you can get it to go. Um, And you can kind of see where it kind of all comes together. Now, this is going to be uh, our vision cube. You're going to hear me talk about our vision cube from this day forward. Um, What it is, I will often preach with it in the pulpit. Um, For example, like today, I'm not preaching on our value reading scripture, which is demonstrated by us regularly reading through the Bible, the entire Bible. But I just reference that truth. And so a lot of times when we talk about like Psalms 1, the importance of being rooted in Scripture, I will often use this vision cube to point us back to that and just to be as a reminder. It's a teaching tool uh, just to remind us of, oh yeah, this is, this is one of our values. This is why it's important. This is the way we apply it uh, to our lives. But it's also just a, a way for you to maybe put somewhere in your home, in your car, uh, just as a way for you to look over as really a, uh, a checkup type tool. Hey, how am I doing with this value? How am I doing with this thing? And it gives you opportunity to learn. It gives you opportunity to do things. But it's just a tool, right? It's just a tool, nothing fancy. Um, but it does have a way to remind us and teach us, but it also gives us specific ways to pray for our church family in, in uh, larger, non-specific ways. Obviously, we want to pray for one another in specific ways. Someone's sick, someone has needs, those type things. But this also gives us an opportunity to pray over, for example, our goals. We, we talked about um, in our annual uh, report, we lay out some of these things in more detail, Um, But we talked about, hey, here are four goals that we want to see accomplished in the next three years specifically. We want to see a faithful leadership pipeline built. We want to strengthen our evangelistic culture. We want to see family ministry enhanced where our kids and us as parents and other leaders and just as a church as a whole are able to minister to the families in this church family and those in our community. And then we want to pray that the Lord would help us plant a new church in the coming years, right? And so this gives us just 
just a way to pray through some of those things. And it has all of our vision. We've talked about vision over the years in various forms, our mission statement, our values, and all of it is here in this location. So it helps you even know, hey, when I talk about our discipleship pathway, well, what is our discipleship pathway? It is the beginning practical steps that we want to encourage people to take in order to see um, the thing beside it mature disciple take place. So I want to be a mature disciple in the Lord. I want to live surrendered. I want to live surrounded. I want to live sent. Well, what are some practical things that I can do to foster that in my life? Our discipleship pathway would say that we read and pray daily, that we gather with the church body weekly, and that we would serve monthly. I want to talk about that for just a moment. I read and pray daily, largely because of Psalms chapter 1. Psalms 1 uh, verse um, uh, 2 says this, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You know, for someone, and I, and I really believe this, I believe this with everything in me, and I know I haven't lived as long as some, but I feel like I've lived long enough to that I really believe with everything in me that there's nothing in this world that satisfies quite like Jesus. Nothing. Like, I, I believe that to the core of my being. Sometimes my actions don't necessarily always live that out, and sometimes my heart lies to me, and my sinful nature wants to pursue and think, well, that will satisfy, and then I learn it doesn't. But, but I really believe at the core of my being that Jesus is where I'm going to find my true delight, that in Jesus is where I'm going to live the blessed life. Well, if that's the case, then Scripture would say that that person who finds that true delight in Jesus is going to find it in God's Word by meditating on it day and night. Therefore, we challenge and believe, not because this will make you a good Christian, as much as because we believe we want to see you live satisfied in Jesus. And one of the best practical things you can do for that is every single day that you read your Bible and you would pray. It's not, once again, out of legalism. It's because I really believe that's where you're going to meet with Jesus so it's because I really believe that's where you're going to find your, the, the fulfillment of your heart's desire. And so that you would pray and that you would read your Bible daily. And so what's your plan for that in this coming year? I want to encourage you to do a one-year reading or a two-year reading, some type of reading plan. And I would love to help you along with that. Second is that the discipleship pathway is that you would gather weekly. Uh, uh, Hebrews 10 challenges us that if we are neglecting gathering as the body of Christ, we're more likely to walk away from uh, belief in Jesus. It's real simple. That if we are to gather to encourage one another up to love and good works because the days are difficult. And it goes on to talk about the dangers of not gathering and what that means for your walk. And and can I just be honest? I've been thinking for honestly a few months how to process this and this may not be the best time because COVID, um, but it's, it's always kind of gray on, you know, gathering and not gathering. And so in light of that, don't hear this in a too legalistic way, but despite COVID and despite the genuine needs to stay away from the church gathering because of COVID, which many are in this week, I still think there have been many moments where that danger hasn't been as high as it is today and the gathering still has not become back what it needs to be. I mean, I, I really believe, as I've been watching the last six months, as we've been gathering back, um, that our numbers aren't even close to what they were. Now listen to me. I'm not the guy who cares about numbers. I don't care about numbers. But numbers are people. And I really do care about you. And I really do believe that the lack of reading and praying daily 
and the lack of gathering with other believers so that they can encourage us up to love and good works is leading many in our church into spiritual um, starvation. That they're, when I, as a pastor, am having conversations with people and where they are in their walk with the Lord, um, it's, it saddens me um, because I, I, I long for them, I long for you um, to truly live flourishing and thriving and satisfied in Jesus. And I genuinely think that one of the best practical ways to foster that continuous faithfulness unto the Lord is to prioritize the gathering on Sunday afternoon, to prioritize it over shopping, to prioritize it over whatever activity you may be doing. Now, once again, in light of COVID, I'm not saying that all those who aren't here because of COVID should be here. No, I'm grateful they stayed away, right? So discern here. Don't, don't go and go, pastor thinks COVID is no big deal and we should all be here. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I, I am saying is there was a season that COVID sent us in 2020 all home. And there was a season where COVID didn't keep us away, but not everybody returned. And I'm, my concern there is, well, where are you spiritually? And you should, and I think, and here's, here's what I think is happening. I think many, like myself, that I imagine is true for all of us to some degree, really hit spiritual dark and valleys in 2020 and 2021. Just hit places where it was, it was tough. I'll be honest, it was tough. I didn't want to, there were many, there were many Sundays where I just was like, I, I just ready for, to go to bed. Or, or, and there were many days where I was just like, I'm not getting up and reading my Bible. And there were many weeks that went by where I didn't consistently do my one-year reading. And there were moments where I, I, my disciplines that I'd had for five or six years, I was in such a dark place that I just was like, I, I, don't, I don't find any joy in this anymore. I was in a, it. just, we hit those rough moments. And, and I think many have hit those moments. And because of that place, they have lacked motivation to come back. And I get that. There, I'm be honest. There are many Sundays that I was just honestly so low that I probably wouldn't have come back if if it wasn't my job. That probably would have said, you know what? I just want to sit on my couch. And so I, I'm I'm recognizing. I'm I'm affirming. I get that. I get it. But I'm also saying this. But if you wait for the desire to come back before you come to church, the desire may never come back, and you may never come back to church. And therefore, you may never find yourself thriving in your walk with Christ again unless something that was taught to me years ago, and I think I get it now more than ever, is that we don't discipline ourselves in the spiritual disciplines of God out of legalism, out of duty, but we do it out of delight, that we know that we truly do delight in Jesus, as Psalm 1 says. Therefore, we discipline ourselves to be in God's Word every single day. We discipline ourselves to meet with God's people every single week because it is through those disciplines that God, in His acts of grace, used those as a means of grace to foster us up into love, into faithfulness to Him. And so here, here's, here's the end of what I'm saying. I'm saying is I get it if you're in a spiritually dry place, and, but I want to challenge you, prioritize coming even if you don't want to, because I really believe that it's in his presence that lives are forever changed. I wouldn't do what I'd do if I didn't believe that. And I really believe that it's here on Sunday nights and it's moments where a brother and sister comes to me and they go, how are you doing? I'm going, I'm doing okay. And they go, no, really, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? And they pray for me and my, and my heart is lifted up in that moment. 
when I'm encouraged and when I'm encouraged by His Word and I'm encouraged by singing and I have moments where the Spirit just touches me and brings peace and joy and allows me to walk out of this place. And so I want to encourage you that in this 2022, would you prioritize over all obstacles, over all emotions, would you prioritize gathering with the body on Sunday? And hear me say that I don't think it's a legalistic that you can't ever miss, but I do think the habit should be to gather and not to miss. And so what does that look like in your life in this coming year to go, you know what, I'm going to read and pray. I'm going to discipline myself to do that. I'm going to prioritize gathering with the body of Christ every Sunday afternoon at four o'clock. And then lastly, what does it look like to serve monthly? Now, this is, this is something we're wanting to continue to grow in, is to give opportunities to serve. We uh, just a few weeks ago did these uh, gift baskets kind of things. They're not I mean, there's not a basket to it, but you get the you mug mug gift. I don't know um, where we package these and we pass those out, and um, those are opportunities to serve. But you don't always have to be with our church; it can be with other ways. But we want to encourage you to serve on a regular basis. Someone says to me, "We should only be serving one day a month." No, you should be living sent. The lifestyle should be living sent. This is just a practical step to take, and we want to try to help you do that. So we'll do other serve events in this coming year. I want to ask, encourage you to prioritize those. If you're able to make those, prioritize them. Come be a part of them. Come help out. And um, if you, we gave these out at, uh, as a Christmas gift last couple of weeks. And if you didn't get one, we still have some. Feel free to grab it on the way out. A little New, New Hope mug and some cocoa. So what this is, hang on to it, put this somewhere, I'll use this, but it's just an opportunity to continue to remind us back to some of the basics of why we do what we do. And so it's just a, it's just a little teaching tool, it's just a little reminder tool for you to have at home to remind you uh, who we are and kind of what we're doing along some ways. And so this year, and then let me kind of wrap up with this, this being supposedly kind of a vision Sunday a little bit, what is, what is the year to come? I said this at the beginning, and, and I, really, I really mean it. As I was praying through, Lord, what do you, what do you have for us in this next year? Now, I've, I'm walking into my fifth year as, as the pastor of this church, and so you've been around me long enough to know that I'm, a, I'm, a, um, I'm an achiever type person, that there's a task, there's a goal, let's go accomplish it. And naturally, I lean in that direction, and sometimes that's a positive, sometimes that's not a positive. Um, and so as I was praying, I really just felt like the Lord just say, Jonathan, I, I just, what does it look like for you personally and for the church just to encounter me? And so this phrase, encounter Jesus, just kept coming to my mind. Encounter Jesus, encountering Jesus, encountering Jesus. And the idea of going, hey, I want you to encounter Jesus, but I also want you to live in such a way that you invite others to encounter Jesus. Such a simple idea. And so as the Lord kind of impressed those two words, encountering Jesus on my mind, I said, okay, well, what would be a, a, a sermon? How could I preach through that? And two things came to mind. The first, you're going to go, I don't understand how that fits, but we'll go with me. But the first thing that came to mind was, was the Ten Commandments. And so starting next week, we're going to do a series on the Ten Commandments, a 10-week series on the Ten Commandments uh, for a number of reasons. One, because I think it's basic things that we should know the Ten Commandments and talk through them. I have a, a friend of mine who's a TSA agent, um, and he's a, he's a Christian, and he was telling me the story that uh, as a TSA agent, um, he works with uh, Customs International coming into the country, and any time that his co-workers, they encounter someone who's a pastor coming into the States, 
who say they're a pastor, they always send him to my friend because he's a Christian and they're not, and they just feel like, well, you're a Christian. Other Christians, y'all know each other. Talk to one another. And, 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 he, and he tells me a lot of people will come in as a pastor under the religious guise that often aren't pastors. They think because they'll get a simpler treatment. And he says, so they come to me and I ask them one question. What are the Ten Commandments? And if they can't tell me the Ten Commandments, I don't let them in. He said, it's that simple. Because what pastor wouldn't know the Ten Commandments? Now he's telling me this story, and all of a sudden I felt the pressure to go. <laughs> right? I had that moment where I was like, oh, please don't ask me. Don't ask me. I, he's, a, he's, a past, I mean, he's a member at the church that I preach at on Sunday mornings. And so I'm like, I am his pastor, right? And I'm his interim pastor. And, and so I was like, don't ask me that, those questions, right? And so it really brought me to this moment. I began reflecting on Ten Commandments, and then without the pressure, I was able to name the Ten Commandments. I don't think I got them in the right order, but that's another story. Uh, But I got them, right? And so I was like, you know what? What is, I just began to read and study, and the more I began to read the study, I began to just really think about them through the lens of Jesus. And I began to see, yes, you can take them very legalistic. Do not steal. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. But, But why not steal? And why are we tempted to steal? Because we believe that if we were to have that thing that God hasn't given us, but if we were to get it, we would really be satisfied. And I began to see and think through, wow, like all of these things are us trying to fill in areas. Do not commit adultery. If I feel like if I were in that relationship, then I might have what I don't have now, which would bring me greater fulfillment. And it's always the trying to attain the absence of what is truly found in Jesus. And it just brought me to this reality of going, man, how, what a beauty of how these point uh, to Jesus. So we're going to do the Ten Commandments because they'll be helpful. They'll be a good learning curve. But I also think they can teach us a beautiful picture of what God has for us in all of Scripture. And then about mid-March, we're going to turn to the book of John. And we're going to go in about 30 weeks, pretty much all the way up to Christmas, We're just going to go verse by verse to the book of John because I don't think there's a better book in the Bible that just real intentionally shows how Jesus encounters people and how lives are forever changed. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke gives us those stories, but John just writes it in a real intentional way that he gives us a lot of one-on-one type moments where Jesus steps in into people's lives. And so over this next year, as we look at the Ten Commandments and as we look at the book of John, my heart's desire for you is not some goal that you would accomplish, but really uh, um, a growth that would happen just from you going maybe from in 2020 to 2021, maybe in a valley spiritually. My desire for you is if that's true, if not, praise God, but if that is true, that in this next year you would find yourself on the other side of the valley. That Every single week, not just simply, we're going to just, what is it, how, does, how does encountering Jesus in this way change your life? And praying that, that God would do that in your life. And so I want to encourage you that you would come week in and week out and go, Jesus, my heart is ready to, to receive you and encounter you today. And we just come with a posture going, Jesus, I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you. And I pray that you would turn that into Monday morning and Tuesday morning, and Wednesday morning. Jesus, I want to encounter you. I want to live in such a way where I'm blessed, where I'm truly happy. I'm satisfied. And that is my prayer for you. Let's pray. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you and we hope to see you soon.